Alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Vices of Wrestling podcast and network. Visit vicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Sometimes you get bored of N64, so let's watch wrestle till our eyes get sore. We love the Tivoli, but there's so much more wrestling around the world. Making friends and making times and wrestling around the world. Welcome everybody to Sarah and Sarah Wrestling Around the World. We are back, it is 2019. And we have a medium amount to talk about today. We're hoping to keep it under an hour. Sarah, how are you? I'm really, really good. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. I know it's been a while, but we're back and back with a bang, I suppose. Medium bang. (laughs) Just like the numbers you get on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... Since we last recorded, I've been to a Rev Pro show, and Sarah was at 18th anniversary WXW. Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> it's been so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah, before Christmas. I'm glad we have some wrestling to talk about anyway. Yeah, we, we've got bowling to talk about too. 16 carat bowled Friday night at one minute to midnight, not half past. 11 like the poster says but i guess that'll encourage people to get down there early anyway um yeah we're on the official poster yeah i was in the middle of actually bowling a pretty important tournament last night i was bowling in the irish open and i had a really really shitty first game but i was the lane i was on was ahead of everyone else i was like oh i can check my phone i have time to kill and then i see like the message from you and then, like every like other people messaging me, just the poster being like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, it doesn't matter what happens now. My night is made." Yeah, I didn't know that was coming. I had been talking to Cecilo about the trophies that they generously donated, and he offered to um, have a ceremony at the Fan Expo to present them, which I think would be pretty cool. Maybe not everyone who's going to be bowling will be at the Fan Expo, but I'm sure if they know. They're getting a trophy at it. They'll show up. Uh, I hope so, anyway. Yeah, me too. It, it also takes the pressure off us a little bit uh, in trying to tally up scores on the night. Um, so what we're planning to do is have lane winners. Now, whether that'll be every lane will have a team that wins or every second lane will have a team that wins. Something like that for on the night, uh, which will be easier to do uh, per lane. And then we'll take away the scorecards and we'll we'll tally up and get the true tree winners who will get those lovely trophies. Yeah, they're actually really gorgeous. I mean, I've played in a lot of tournaments and sometimes the trophies or medals are a bit subpar, but they're definitely really, really nice. And whoever wins them are very, very lucky. Yeah. Are you checking a um, second bag? Just in case, just in case, you never know. It depends on how my partner does as well. So we'll see. So you did win the road to in Dublin. Well, you didn't win it, but you won it out of the people who will be going to Oberhausen. So you get first pick and we know who you're going to pick if he's going to play. Fingers crossed the man himself, Daisuke Sakamoto, will be there on the night. 
we have we, we might have a few other bowlers that will show up and I know Dice Game might be a popular pick, so I'm glad that um I get to pick him. He's a wild card though, Sarah. You're gonna pick him and you're gonna trust that he'll show up though. That's the problem. If he doesn't show up, I'll just have to be ball by myself, won't I? That'd be very small. <laughs> I'll just get a cardboard cutout of Daisuke Sakamoto <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and I'll just get pictures with the cardboard cutout. Oh, I think he will. I, I think he'll be up for it. Um, might have to be kind of on the day uh, kind of thing. Or maybe if he's in Thursday, we can try and talk to him Thursday. Or if anyone is talking to him in the meantime who's listened to this, please ask him if he will play. Well, apparently Big Japan do like bowling tournaments with their fan club. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping that's a good sign that he'll turn up because he's done it before. Yeah. Our friend Mort as well was talking to him about it and he did seem interested. He hasn't given any... um confirmation or anything but again if anyone's talking to him or if anyone is making any small talk with any wrestlers at merchandise tables do invite them along if they're going to be um around 16 carat weekend but just make sure they let us know so we can put them on the sheet to put enter them into the draw definitely i'm going to start brushing up on some japanese soon i think i'll, I'll download duolingo just so i have a few phrases uh, i'm still getting through my german uh duolingo I think I'll be another few years before I start tackling German again. <laughs> so, um, other news. Uh, we got the confirmation that the Tivoli Theatre has come and gone. There will be no more wrestling shows in the Tivoli. Yeah, very, very sad news. Um, and I saw another headline at District 8, the nightclub that used to run in the Tivoli. They're running their very, very last show in January, at the end of this month. So, that being announced as well is kind of like this is the end of the building itself and it's due to be knocked down very very soon and i think we're gonna really miss it yeah we're kind of screwed right now aren't we yeah on a lower scale um the venue that courage wrestling running as well is has been sold or taken over so maybe that's going to be off the cards as well for for those guys yeah it feels like we're get definitely getting depleted in our venues i mean sure road have said that basically there'll be no more wrestling there either so we're losing a lot of venues in quick time here yeah hopefully they'll find other places to replace them i think the tallow basketball arena is going to be a little bit too big yeah to run on a monthly basis i think it's far too big i, I mean i think we discussed it before probably not on air but the ringside club if we have to go there on on Saturday nights, I don't see why not. It is a nice enough venue. Yes, it's smaller and it's seated, but I think, you know, you'll take that if it means getting live wrestling on a regular basis. Yeah, but I live quite near there and I'm seeing a lot more gigs happening on a Saturday night. And when they are happening, the Ringside Club is just used as a bar like it is for the bigger OTT shows. So it's, yeah. But... Oh. Yeah, like the next show is on Sunday in the Ringside Club and the Contenders show, and I am shocked it's not sold out yet. Yeah, there's some big names on that card. I know that you're, well, you're going to be in Germany for Back to the Roots, but like there's some big names on it, like Team White Wolf, we have Speedball, we have some big, big matches. Um, 
David Starr. David Starr, yeah, like the build to um, the next show. It's incredible that it's not sold out yet. I'd be there in a heartbeat if I'd known about it. We unfortunately had our flights booked back um, from Germany later um, in the evening. If we got the early flights, we would have made it. I guess that's the flight David Starr will be on as he takes on both Tim and Terry Thatcher in the one weekend. <laughs> um, but no, we, we booked the later flights. We didn't know about contenders at the time. So that, that's a bit sad, but <clears throat> I don't really mind so much. I'll probably just watch it on VOD. Yeah, you're going to get to see two Kefikslap matches. So I think like that's a pretty good weekend. And I'm going to get the Kefikslap Cup. There's a cup. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friends at SL Wrestling have brought out a Back to the Roots cup with the Kefish lap on it. I'm definitely buying one. I love a good cup. Yeah. Have we been to any other shows since we last recorded? Oh, wait, there's Belfast. Sorry. We went to Belfast, but that seems like it was a lifetime ago. Oh, yes, we went to Belfast. Did we talk about that in the last show? Um, I don't think... No, we didn't. No, I don't think we'd gone to Belfast yet. Um... Yeah, Belfast was really cool. Um, I'm going to go back for the next show up there. I really liked the venue. It was all flat seated, but but it was quite good. Like I was third row and my view was perfect. And then I ended up getting convinced to go front row because there was two spare seats. And yeah, it was it was good. I think I prefer to be third row than first row though. Yeah, I was. If, I was think I was about five or six rows back, and my view was still perfect. I was right beside the entrance way, which was actually really nice for seeing Ilya come out. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I highly rate the Belfast venue. I mean, I'm going to go back to the next show as well. I enjoyed myself so much, and even just getting the bus up and the bus back, um, it was pretty seamless. Like it's so so close to the venue, getting the bus to Dublin and back, or vice versa. Yeah, I, I got a lift up and we had a bit of a laugh in the car and I, I made my way back on the bus the next day. I originally had the train booked to come back, but then something happened and I had to come back a bit early. But yeah, and next time I'm going to go up and down, I think, on the bus or maybe up on the bus, up on the train and down on the bus. It's it's very doable. Like, it's only about two hours. Yeah, like you'd nearly spend that commuting on a daily basis anyway um yeah. like i think it was completely fine and it was definitely worth it for um the main event to see bonesaw and his element in belfast against walter uh, belfast crowds have been known to be a bit more quiet than dublin crowds previously um but if you watch this show you can definitely see the passion that they have for their own up there uh bonesaw i've Never heard a reaction like that up there before. Yeah, I was really happy for Bonesaw getting this match. He looked great in it too. Um, it's going to lead to the Kings versus Ringkampf, which I think will be really good too. But um, the whole card is really good. Like Scotty versus Jordan was something else. I, I wasn't expecting it to be as amazing as it was. Just I don't know. I just felt like a lot of the hardcore Dublin fans went up anyway. So it was kind of like a mixture between a Dublin show and a Belfast show. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's because we didn't really get our big December show down here. People are like, well, we'll just have to go up north to get it. Yeah. And they definitely pulled out the stops. I mean, yeah, that Jordan-Scotty match. Um, Scotty has really come into his own. You can see how comfortable he is now in the ring. And him getting bookings all over England now is really cool to see. He's 
seems to be doing a touring match with Chris Ridgway, which is really interesting. And those two definitely see each other very well. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's really good to see. I know the More Than Hype boys are getting some bookings around Europe as well. So it's good to see the Irish guys branching out when there's potentially not going to be a lot of shows here. Well, for now, while they sort out the venue thing, um, but they are getting work other places. And yeah, just overall, Belfast had a really good vibe. I stayed up for the night. Hotel was really nice, really cheap. You can't fault it. Like, Yeah, I think you'll see more people traveling up for these shows now, seeing how easy it is to, to get up there. Yeah, I said on Twitter that it's the new Oberhausen. It has Walter and Ilya and four-star hotels for 50 euros. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> What more could you want? Yeah, exactly. The only downside, I guess, is it is a Sunday night that they seem to run there, which isn't ideal for people who are working or have college on Monday. But no, thumbs up for Belfast. Yeah, definitely. Big thumbs up. And I'm looking forward to going back. 18th anniversary? 18th anniversary, yeah. Speaking of Oberhausen, the minute Axel Dieter Jr. got announced, of course I had to go buy a ticket, didn't I? Um, I think it was definitely worth the trip over. I know there's been a lot of kind of controversy around the show because of that guy, Nick Hine, who was announced. But being honest, I wouldn't let one negative like that, you know, take away from what was a really, really fun show. It The place was packed. I mean, it was it really was sold out. Um, it was I know I haven't been there that much, but it was definitely the biggest crowd that I've seen. We even started queuing really early and I never do that. I was like, no, we need to get in there to get a good spot. Like, what if we don't? And I can't see anything. But um, they had the layout like they did for Carrot where they had the kind of tiered standing where the merch was usually, which is really, really good. So there's definitely a lot more room. And we def- I got where we were for Carrot, which was like the raised platforms just at the back there. Um, so I it was amazing and to see the reception that Axel got when he came out was was fantastic and people are down on the British Strong Style six mans but this one was really really good I mean they were in, in there against Ring Camp so that was just an amazing amazing match and yeah Bobby Guns against uh, Erie was outstanding I watched that in VOD. I really enjoyed it. I really, really like where they're going with Bobby now. Like him getting really frustrated that he's lost twice to him. Um, I think it's nice because I suppose when he lost against Andy and he lost against Ilya and he kind of had to take a step back from the title picture, there wasn't really a lot for him to do. So to keep him busy to then hopefully bring him back up again, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Carrot that. I think it's yeah, it's a really good direction that they're going in, and I think people are focusing too much on the negatives with WXW right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like Shotgun was a big loss, but a lot of the same skit videos that would have been on Shotgun are on YouTube if you go and have a look. And the Eerie Bobby stuff has been really good. I mean, there are some negatives. I I don't like JFK losing the tag title so quickly. No, that was a big, big shock. And to be honest, that match. Um, when they got that gauntlet tag team match, when they got to the finals, and it was Bad Boy Rise against JFK. JFK were kind of like the faces because people don't really like Rise at all. And Tarkan used 
the brass nooks to beat JFK. Like it didn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. And now JFK, I feel like they're just kind of left in limbo. Yeah, they didn't get enough of a chance to grow into the championship kind of role. And yeah, I'm a bit disappointed there, to be honest. Especially considering their kind of route to winning Tag League. Like they had that great feud at Monster Consulting. Like that was top class. And they turned themselves into stars. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um they bounce back because I don't understand like why Rise had to win the tag titles just to do the Kevich lap. Like it, it had enough meat to it as it was. Yeah. But there's still other good stuff going on. Like Andy as champion is still amazing. Like did, did you see the skit of him like listening to those tapes of like him telling himself that like he's like the best champion and stuff? <laughs> no, I haven't seen those ones yet. Like absolute Andy is champion I never wanted to end <laughs> it's so good and I finally met Andy I finally met him at the 18th anniversary I saw the photo it was amazing I was too shy to go up first but I was like no I actually have to now this is my chance this is my chance to go meet my father <laughs> was he nice yeah he was yeah he was really nice um we had Blaine arguing with him about um him beating Lucky Kid in the end to retain his title. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, yeah, you have to respect the rules. They're the rules. My foot was under the rope. And it was, yeah, it was good banter. Actually, that was another great match, I think, the Lucky Kid, absolute Andy match. Um, I don't know how it came across on tape, but when I was in that room, I was fully convinced that Lucky Kid was going to win. And when he did have the title for those 30 seconds to a minute like now I'm like I can see Lucky Kid as being WXW champion very very soon because of that reaction yeah I think they should have went with it I mean it was like last minute thing that Marius was injured and that they had to change the match and Lucky winning would have just been such a feel good moment for end of year Christmas everything I was like obviously I knew when I watched it but when I watched it back, I was like, oh, they should have just ended it there. I, I, I didn't like the angle at all. I didn't like the guy, Nick Kane. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. I just didn't understand. Um, it wasn't good, but lucky winning was, was so good. And I wish they just ended it there. I think they've just been like, their, their booking has just been too negative. You know, it's just been all the bad guys all the time. It's just, no, I don't know. It would have been a lovely ending for the year. Yeah, that's what it is lacking. It is lacking the like the feel good moments. Yeah, like Axel in tears, nearly announcing that he was in sixteen carat. That was really nice. Yeah, but it it's that's a different kind of feeling. Like that's oh great, we're gonna be really happy in three months' time when we get to see him again. Yeah, rather than oh my god, this guy has just like achieved his dreams now. You know, like he's been in 16 Carat and we know about the WWE relationship and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, like for Christmas time, this show was lacking the, the nice moment. Mm-hmm. But a solid show in terms of in-ring quality. Um, I feel like the women kind of got a raw deal in terms of time. Like 
I quickly went to the bar right beside where I was standing during the, the three-way dance with uh, you, Alpha Female, and Killer Kelly, and it was pretty much over by the time I came back to stand up. Oh. And I was like, oh, I've been gone for like two minutes, and it's over. Yeah. I think the match was like five minutes, and I think that really could have benefited from at least another five. Yeah. But that's nip- That's being nitpicky, I think. I won't get into too much more detail. <laughs> And what color were the bonds? The bonds I can announce were a nice blue color, like a bright blue. Ooh. I was thinking they were going to go Christmassy, but I was like, I already have red and green. So I was happy that I got another color. Were there any like special Christmas treats? Like were there mince pies for sale? Was there mulled wine at the bar? Was there anything Christmassy going on or? No, there wasn't anything Christmassy going on in the Turbine and Halle, but I do highly recommend anyone who is going over maybe to Oberhausen next year. I don't know why you'd be planning now, but um, around Christmas time, the markets around Centro are amazing. It's like a maze, but there's so much and it looks just so nice and cozy and homely and like just homemade like Christmas presents and food and it just looks like a great time. Like there's a big, massive like concert tent and slides and everything. So if you're gonna go, like there's a lot to do. So it doesn't feel like you're just going for that one show. At least you're going over to like the Christmas markets and stuff. You can make a proper trip out of it. Sounds good. I might go myself next year, depending on how it falls and how I'm fixing stuff. Um, actually, went to Christmas markets in Belfast as well, which um, were quite nice. But it was like ninety percent food, very little anything else but food, um, and a bar as well. But yeah, it was nice to walk around as well. Um, so thumbs up for Belfast markets too. Your trip to Rev Pro, my trip to Rev Pro, the world um, famous Dream Factory. Yes, I went to the Dream Factory. So I was asking on Twitter for a long time anyone had a spare ticket because I was going to be over there anyway for family stuff and I didn't think I was going to be able to make the Saturday show I kind of thought for a while that I might be able to make the Saturday show and I ended up with a ticket for Saturday and Sunday um but I didn't make it to the Saturday show sadly but Sunday yeah the dream factory it is the coolest little venue everyone has a great view there's like no need to queue unless you want to be like sat with your friends or something everything we were in the back corner we were like literally in the worst spot but it was still amazing it was like really really great i wish we had a dream factory here it's so good i I don't understand how they can make money from it though because like it fits about 150 people oh sorry i didn't know it was that small oh it is tiny it's like i guess 150 200 like there wasn't much more people out of them was at like the courage shows like it's yeah, it's tiny. That's why it was so hard to get a ticket because so many of the fans have uh, season tickets. And now the show on the Sunday was £25, which is fine. I I, I didn't even realise, but that's £10 more than what they normally cost. Um, so it's normally £15 and they've got all this great talent on it. And there's only like 150 people. It doesn't really add up to me anyway. So it, it must be kind of somewhat subsidised from the, the TV or whatever um whatever else is going on there but uh as for a show it was good it was fun it was all about the main event being Pac versus Zack Sabre Jr and of course the queen of the ring uh t- tournament final 
which your very own Debbie Keitel got into. Yeah, I was very happy to see that and very happy that you were there to see that. Yeah, we screamed at Debbie a lot. I was very happy to hear that she was announced. Uh, she was only announced, I think, a day before I managed to get a ticket. Uh, Kaylee Ray pulled out uh, due to injury, I believe. But then I heard maybe it wasn't due to injury. Yeah, injury and um, those little rabbit ears. Why have I forgotten the name? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it here, sitting here doing rabbit ears at my fingers. <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing Kaylee Ray, but obviously I'd prefer to see uh, Debbie Keitel. Debbie was really good in that. I'd say her second match uh, in the in the final was quite a bit better than her first match against Chardonnay, who I'm not overly familiar with. Sammy Jane versus you in the quarterfinals was really good too. Sammy Jane had two excellent matches. I was sad I didn't see the ones the night before. But um, everything else was a little bit kind of forgettable the opener was Dan McGee versus Shah Samuels and I, I like a bit of Shah you know I've all, always have <laughs> didn't like I don't know it was okay um and there was a team star versus team uh, El Fantasmo match uh, where everyone was like a mystery uh member so David Starr was really good as a heel like talking shit and stuff it was quite quite enjoyable I thought he was quite good on the mic and yeah, uh, I got to see the great old Karn, your fave. Oh, I love him. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, I got to see Irie, uh as well, who's just awesome. He moves so, so, so good. And um, I got to see Curtis Chapman for the first time, who I thought was quite good. He was wrestling Chris Ridgeway. That was that was a decent match, actually. Um, oh, I've, heard, I've heard a lot about him. He's like kind of like their star, for lack of a better word, young lion, isn't he? Yeah, he's like Zack Sabre Jr. light. <laughs> like and that, Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. And that must be very light considering how uh, <laughs> lanky uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, <laughs> the, the littler is not littler in size, but you know, small Zack. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. Okay. I, I think actually that's what um, Justin Daniels called himself in one of the matches, Five Factory's own. <laughs> Oh my god! Pretty sure he dropped the I'm Zack Saber Junior Junior in one of his matches. <laughs> That's where I could be picking that up from. Um, but yeah, Kurt Curtis Chapman was was my favorite of the guys that I'd never seen before uh, on this card. I thought he was quite good. Main event was good. I was quite enjoying it. It was first kind of pack match I'd seen besides the Courage one since he was away from WWE, and I thought it was going quite well. Uh, Zach is just so witty and. He, he's just so fast. Was, his reaction stuff are really funny, like the crowd and stuff. Uh, but the fuck finish was, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. To be honest, it was, yeah. I thought we were going to get a good match, but yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Like, because it was built up so much that you kind of just, I suppose, I don't know, politics got in the way maybe, but it would have been nice just to have, because I think Pac hasn't really had that one big match since he's come back that everyone's been like that's it the guy is back he is one of the best wrestlers in the world like he hasn't had that one that's made you kind of stand back and go wow yeah no not not at all and this could have been it I mean I was in London anyway if I traveled to London for it I would have been really pissed off 
but it was okay and it was it was great to see Debbie as well I mean she she did really really well like there's no screen in the dream factory so she didn't get to have a really cool entrance video or anything like that it was just the music but like we screamed for a lot and she seemed to have some fans as well I guess that she made from the first night as well oh over there that's good to hear it's good to see more and more Irish getting booked especially the especially the women like I saw that Raven got booked on a, an Eve show over the weekend so um seeing those girls get chances in kind of top class indie promotions in the UK and uh, things are going well yeah it's really really great to see also the guy who I was sitting beside um he asked me if I was one of the Sarahs and said he liked our podcast Oh, celebrity. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. Like, you're in another country, someone says that. And it's like someone that I don't know from Twitter at all. Well, there I, you go. I think the name was, oh, I'm going to butcher it. It was a real normal name. Was it Sam or, Sam or Alex? Oh, I'm awful. I'm so sorry. I did know this and I said I'd remember and say it, but I, I forget now. But thank you. Shout out to the person Sarah sat beside in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. But yeah. That was my wrestling adventure. Good times were had by all, I think. Good times were had by all. A nice, easy start to the year for me. Um, you're still waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for this Sunday at Contenders. Um, I miss live wrestling a lot. You know what I mean? I was afraid that I was going to get really burnt out. Um, and I have so many shows planned already for this year. I'm like, oh my God. But then when you have that break, you're like, you know what? And I actually really miss it. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think we're going to have a few shows in a row, though, quite quickly. Because the the next OTT show and the Courage show. So there's two shows in February, right? OTT and Courage. And then there's OTT Belfast as well. So there's actually two OTTs. Uh, so there's three. Yeah, and we bought a show at the end of January, so it's going to build up again quite quickly. Before you know it, it's going to be 16 carat. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just um, talking to a friend, Joe, and he said that he booked his wrestling cult ticket and not to sleep on it because the seated is already sold out and there's just balcony and floor left. And I'm wondering, is the balcony um seated because if it is i will pay extra for seated so if anybody knows and can tell us the answer to that that'd be good uh if not i'll just go standing might tweet it out later or ask uh my kilby might know (laughs) no kilby hasn't been to the cult temple does he not know everything about wrestling cult though yeah i feel like he does he might you could ask rotation as well i'm I'm really only going to see rotation and Bad Bones and Melanie and I guess whoever else is there but uh, mainly rotation I don't know if I'll go to the wrestling cult show it's very but, early but I will buy a ticket you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I'll buy a ticket just in case because I just feel like I am going to die over 16 carat weekend I'm fully planning on skipping the after party at this stage, I, I could still end up being there, but I'm planning on skipping it, I think. Especially when I'm at Wrestling Cult in the morning. See, the after parties where I come alive, so <laughs> I kind of feel like I have to be there. <laughs> I just felt so much better on this Sunday when I didn't go to the after party the last time. So I'm like, Ooh. I know that 
do so many people there my arm be twisted and they'll end up dancing until 4 a.m in the morning but it's we'll there's, see there's too many bad influences for me uh a carrot now so i will definitely be probably out to like 6 a.m um trying to decide on a karaoke song is going to be the biggest struggle over the next few months gotta prepare early yeah, you need to get in early. People just keep picking songs. And they're like, I was going to sing that. So if I have like a list of like six or seven, I think that I should be fine. Yeah. I, I Six or seven, I think you should be covered. Get in there early. Go up to Disco King, Frankie, and give me your order. I was the first one at Tag League. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, I'll get in there early again. Maybe if you stay, if you just come for the first like hour we can get a whole irish song going again um pick something else other than say the v maybe uh boys own um, boys own or like beautiful life by ace of base who knows yeah something like maybe a bit of west life cranberries we'll all have to get stools if we do like a west life song <laughs> so like when it gets to like the big chorus towards the end we all stand up mm pop up and, like, and then put our arms out and yeah, magical or we can all practice the natural vibes dance and just do a dance number instead i'm well up for that i've been trying to get it down sarah i just i can't i don't think i'm cool enough there's a lot to like us is a genius he must be able to pull it off how much work did he put into that though like how how long did he spend learning that dance well, it seemed to only be the evening, but maybe he had been practicing beforehand. I think he was sneakily practicing. Like he was sneakily watching like a lot of Dragon Gate before he did that. He watches a lot of Dragon Gate anyway. I've had conversations with like us about Dragon Gate where he was talking lots and I was just nodding my head, not really having a clue who or what he's talking about. That boy loves his Dragon Gate. I hope 2019 is the year we see him in Dragon Gate, him and Brooks. I think that would be lovely to see. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that'd be really great. Just having a look at the bowling spreadsheet, because I know some people have contacted us about extra places or if there's any places left. There's 80 people on the list and 52 people have paid so far. And the rest have until the end of the month to pay. So that's... 38 people and out of those 38 people so far we only think one of them may not be going um so it really depends and we have to give those people extra time and also when i'm over to, to back at back to the roots i'm going to kind of suss out wxw side and see how many people we have from wxw playing it's kind of harder for a lot of the wrestlers because they don't know if they're booked yet or they don't know they're going to be there or, and so on um so hopefully in February we'll be able to release the last places. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for it. I think it's going to be great. It's amazing just how much I think it's grown over these past few months. The fact that it's gone from humble beginnings to now being such a big part of the weekend. And like, it is like, it is us too doing it with help from other people like along the way like yeah. be it asking people to bowl in it or rotation or you know helping us out a lot or or you know avalanche giving us the the logo um yeah gunny doing the photography yeah like yeah 
it's been great to see like the involvement from everyone and even the reaction on Twitter is really heartwarming to see um people are really excited for it (laughs) I'm glad I just a little bit nervous that we're going to mess it up I have some ideas on how we can streamline it a little bit we may need to call in some help on it but I I think it'll be okay I will I tell you my theory we can edit it out if you don't like it yeah go for it okay so what I'm thinking is each lane has an RA meaning responsible adult who is in charge of their lane who will you know get the sheets back to us make sure they're filled out and tell people the instructions and make sure the people that are meant to be on their lane are on their lane and we'll maybe give out the um the lane winners medals afterwards as well that seems like a great idea nearly like the lane captain of sorts yeah yeah the lane captain or the responsible adult um which is not everyone who'll be playing (laughs) 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 but we can have you we can have me we can have alan i guess he's kind of responsible adult we can have james that's four i think gary'd make a good responsible adult he'd be five jamesy he'd, he'd be a responsible adult that'd be six you just need to find 14 other responsible adults. 14 more. Uh, oh, let me get the list out. Um, no, I, I think we'll find some and just have a captain on, and, and then we can just give the instructions to the one person, make sure they understand. So there's somebody at every lane because there's only 20 lanes and there's no way we can keep track of all that. No, I think what we can do is call a meeting beforehand and brief <laughs> them so they can then brief everyone else. That's what I have to do at the start of every league season. I get called into a room and they read out the rules to me every year. And I'm like, yep, yeah, sounds good. And that's it. <laughs> takes yeah. like Takes like five minutes. I think it's a good idea just to have one person on each lane who knows what they're doing, who's a trusted, responsible individual. So not your Chris Brooks. No, not your Chris Brooks. He, I've said that he can yeet one person and one person only one time. Oh, dear. So he has to make that count. Oh, God. It's going to be you. <laughs> it's probably going to be Lucky Kid or something. Oh. Like. He buddies them. Yeah. But Buddy lo- Lucky loves them too much. I know. Yeah, Lucky Kid also not responsible adult. He'd get no. I think most arresters will not be responsible adults. I think it's going to come from the, the fan group and maybe some of the WXW staff. There's some of them that I would trust as a responsible adult. This is definitely a list that we'll have to kind of draft <laughs> up and then maybe get in contact with these people. Maybe... <laughs> a few days beforehand to let them know what they're getting into. It's like in Dublin schools. We didn't have them in our school, but wasn't there people called prefects? Alan was a prefect. I always get to piss at him for it. Yeah, I was a prefect too. Were you a prefect? Yeah, I was. Um, I spent my lunch times playing keep-ups with uh, balls made out of tinfoil to pass the time. Um, it was great because I didn't have to go outside at lunchtime when it was really cold. So. Nerd. <laughs> total nerd sure that's why i'm now a spreadsheet nerd for my matches of 2019 i spent my lunch break smoking which <laughs> you know wasn't <laughs> there you go uh, no longer smoke have not smoked in a long time how many years Ooh, seven years more maybe probably smoked for about seven years and haven't smoked for seven years 
the only smoker that I respect is Bobby Guns. <laughs> but that's really fun. Um, really looking forward to it. But maybe we should now start to reflect. Oh yes. Um, like we said earlier, the Tivoli is no longer with us. Rest in peace, beautiful angel. Some of my favourite ever memories took place in that building. Um, it's where friendships were made. Yep. It's where my love of wrestling was really revived, to be quite honest, was in the Tivoli. Yeah, it was a bit of a shithole, but it was our shithole. Yeah, it really was. I mean, what, the bathrooms never had toilet paper. The floors were always very, very sticky. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, I'm not the biggest germaphobic, but Alan is, and he'd be always like, um, you had your handbag on the floor in the Tivoli, can you just leave that by the front door there on, the <laughs> on this newspaper now, thank you. <laughs> oh man, I suppose you never know what was on that floor in the Tivoli. Oh, yeah. I once I once stood on, um, my, I remember my second show, it was Damo against Luther Ward in the main event, and Damo's head got like split open, and and as I was leaving the venue, I stood on his the bloody towel that he was using to mop up his head, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've just stepped on this awful, disgusting towel." But I was like, "There's probably a lot worse that's been in this venue, other than this towel that's been left on the ground." Uh, that was Jordan versus Damo. No, it was actually that was the show when Jordan joined the social elite. Yeah. Um, but he split Damo open, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, my memories are really kind of spotty with things. It's just so much wrestling. I was there for the first Tivoli show, which I think I've talked to talked a bit about before. We had our lovely boot, which we stood in and watched the show from for the first I don't know maybe five, six, seven shows. I love that boot. They took it away and they stopped leaving people sit on that kind of after it started to get really busy in there. But I used to love kind of just propping myself up in that boot and drinking cans of Tenants, which was the first beer that they sold in there, which is actually quite decent, like not bad. That's when they were doing the tree cans for a tenner. And that was a real seller for people. Like a lot of people who no longer go would have went just to drink like maybe six cans of beer for 20 euro and pay 10 euro in and there's 30 quid and then they go for their night out afterwards like that was the thing there was plenty of people doing that at the time yeah like I know a lot of people not even in like the wrestling circles that we're in now but even in work and like just when I'm out when people kind of learn that I'm a wrestling fan I'm like huh yeah it's a great night out and they're like yeah yeah I've been to that OTT once or twice and I'm like sorry wait a minute what and like yeah I just heard it was a ton of fun and it's a cheap night out in Dublin yes definitely how it started um you can tell the, the turnover of crowd and I can kind of tell who's always been there there's like a few faces who've always been there and then there were some faces who were always there at the beginning who are no longer there at all whether they've moved or it got too expensive for them or their tastes have changed or something but yeah like there was certain spots in the building where certain people would sit as well. So it's like, it was weird. It was like an old man pub, you know? 
the side that we sit in most of the time and the people in the front row would normally sit in the same seats in the front row and there'd be the same people on the stage and the same people who get the bar stools but then all the wrestlers started getting the bar stools and that was kind of lame um but we had our boot at the start and that was our boot before we moved down into the into the chairs and just a lot a lot of good times in the Tivoli so yeah I like I remember my first show it was in May 2016 um and I'd heard so much about it but I was always kind of afraid to go to I suppose an indie show just because I'm like oh what if it like the fans are going to be awful and like I don't know like it's it's like it's me and James and like we're so used to just watching wrestling at home like just the two of us or and then whenever Paul watched like it was always the three of us just you know Mm -hmm. um I think then when we got to the first show we're like okay no this crowd is great they're reacting for all the right things and the chants were so funny and and then I always remember like the one wrestler on the first show that I didn't really know before that caught my eye was one Pete Dunn. And I was like, this guy is so good. Like this guy, like, how, like, how is he not a, like a massive star? Like, how am I only really hearing about him now? Um, Cause I was like, I went to that show to see like there was Marty, Marty and Tommy end and, and then Zack Sabre Jr. was supposed to be on it. And, he was why I bought the ticket which I think I've said before but like coming back from it and then I always remember the Kings of the North had their really cool entrance with like all the flags and stuff Um, like and then it was that like them against the Nazis and the Nazis won the titles I was like this is incredible and I think I've missed two Tivoli shows since going for the first time oh wow that's that's quite a record. Um, that gymnasties win, that pop is still probably the biggest pop that ever was in the Tivoli. That's up there with like the absolute best moments in the Tivoli history, for sure. Uh, it's definitely one of my most memorable because it was so organic and seeing these two guys defeat the Kings of the North who were these at the time, weren't they? They were like the really just, they were on a complete tear weren't they yeah I was just like what's going on <laughs> like this crowd love these guys just saying squat and wearing their floral tracksuit bottoms it was it was crazy yeah that was really one of the highlights the whole heavy thing for me was that moment there um I would say in the beginning it was rare that you got like a very good match and they mostly came from Pete Dunne and to be honest from Luther Ward as well those two guys were really kind of holding it together at the start and even Ryan Smile he was really really good in the beginning and I I enjoyed the rise of Ryan Smile in OTT as well as Pete Dunne I think it would be fair to say that Pete Dunne really became a star in OTT before he became a star anywhere else like Progress had claimed that he wasn't wrestling in Progress at the level he was wrestling at OTT like it was OTT that kind of gave him that main event push I guess at the start at the very beginning yeah I would agree like I, obviously I got into it a bit later but I've been actually we've been watching back some old OTT shows and watching when he regained the title from Luther at the the Fringe show and that was what a month and a bit after he had beaten Zach and mm-hmm. I think that was really the turn everyone was like this guy is going to be 
big. And that was before anything really happened with him in progress. He was still teaming with Damien Dunn, I'm pretty sure. Um, like British Strong Style hadn't even been formed yet. So I don't know how they anyone else could claim it before OTT. OTT definitely put that rocket to him and strapped it on and off he went. For sure. And I'll try and keep it the Kidley talk, but I would also credit WXW with Tyler Bate uh, ahead of progress as well, because I thought he was getting more and bigger matches and was shotgun champion in WXW before he ever was anything big in progress as well. But uh, uh, that that's for another, <laughs> another episode. Um, but like some of the stuff in the beginning was like really over the top. I remember getting like a survey about like what wrestling do you watch and like how much would you be willing to pay for a ticket and so on and what entices you to go to wrestling from OTT and fill them out and I actually remember one of the things I put down about merch was at the time was I didn't want to buy any OTT merch because it said fuck PG on it and I was like I'm not going to wear any merch that has swear words on it I'm like in my late 20s you know (laughs) Remember saying that on the survey in this room, and we're just remembering that back now. That was, I think, that was put me off at the start. It was like fuck PG, yeah, over eighteens, and I think it put a few people off because it's like, like I don't really want to see, be saying like, yeah, some you know ECW two point trying to relive that era of wrestling. I'm like, um, there was an element to that in the beginning. That kind of, I just kind of hand waved. Like it was great to have like live wrestling we were already going to wxw and over to rev pro and stuff but it was great to have it kind of on our doorstep there was like glimpses of like good stuff for sure like it was rare like you'd have one main eventer per show you know someone that we'd know like be a demo or tommy n they were the first really guys like besides pete dunn because he was an ott guy from the start i think he was actually the first person to walk through the curtain of the tivoli and Ryan Smile, like they were OTT guys, but someone outside that you would have heard that had a bit of indie buzz at the start, it was either Tommy or Damo, or I can't even think who else. Like they were the ones that I'd really look forward to seeing and they'd probably be the only decent match of the night at the beginning. But like the other stuff was fun too, you know? You had um, Vampire Corvin with his Static X song. <laughs> Static X. Yeah. <laughs> How indie can you get? Yeah, you had the lads in the flats being Worky and Martin at the time, even before Session Mock came along. They were a real proper junkie kind of a gimmick. Uh, I never forget the time Foxy took a dive. The first time Foxy took a dive, it was just incredible. I just wasn't expecting it. Like now we kind of know that Foxy can do flips and do kind of crazy stuff. But when Foxy took his first dive, I was just absolutely gobsmacked. And that that's another one of my favorite moment, moments in the Ghibli. Foxy's definitely done a lot on his time there, hasn't he? Yeah. He's become a star in itself. Everyone will defend Foxy to the death now. <laughs> I think he's pretty much ref nearly every single match in the Tivoli. I know Amy Lanzi was fake Foxy at one stage, but I think he's done pretty much the rest of them. That's insane. Yeah, because I know Joel from Suplex did one or two in National Stadium, but pretty sure Foxy's done all... Every single one of them. Even seeing Joel ref was like really jarring. It's like, uh, you're not, you're not an OTT ref. Like you're not Foxy. What are you doing here? Get back out there and sell your suplex merch. Come on. 
yeah, we've had some good times in, in, in that venue. I don't know. It's like, I know it's not the end of OTT and OTT is going to go on and find new places and has done bigger and better venues since, be it Shore Road or the National Stadium, even like the film festival or Belfast. These places are all bigger and better and nicer, but like Tivoli is where it all started and it's going to be sad. I think it's just because it was like, it just felt homely and everyone got so excited to go back to the Tivoli and you kind of had your routine going there and it's the place where a lot of people got to see some of their old favourites like one of my absolute favourite moments in the Tivoli was getting to see Chris Hero yeah, and, and getting to do the rap along with him as he's made his entrance <laughs> like I knew all the words to that and I was like I've been waiting for this for so long and I'm finally getting to do it. And just seeing him, especially when he was at the top of his game in 2016 and have an absolute wonderful weekend against, it was that match against Ryan Smile was great and his match against Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. Like getting to see him was so cool. It really was. Those two matches were incredible. And I'm going to have to just bring back to another guy who's not everyone's favorite wrestler anymore for alleged reasons that we're not going to go into and we don't know if it's true or anything. But um, Marty Skirl was a big part of getting Tivoli big and getting OTT big. Like, he was super cool when nobody else on the card really was super, super cool. And him versus Ryan Smile, that feud was incredible. And definitely, like, it will, it'll be the feud of the Tivoli for me, I think. Definitely. I actually am looking at my list of kind of top moments and I have surprise Marty on it. And that time when he came out and he was a surprise, mm-hmm. the, like I, up there again with one of the top Tivoli moments. If you were to say in late 2016, like who is the most over wrestler in OTT, it was Marty. Yeah. And sure. no one was close. No no one like I'd say nearly every single person in the room owned a villain shirt and that was when wearing a villain shirt was cool it wasn't villain club and it didn't have a weird awful logo on it and Marty had his old entrance music and he had that cool coat and he was just he was like yeah like this guy is the business and he just won Bola so like that gives him even more cred like Marty's girl was cool yeah, he really was. He probably was the coolest character at any point in time in the Tivoli. I mean, Pete Dunne too, after he beat um, Luna Ward for the championship for sure, but that didn't happen in the Tivoli. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going with Marty Scarlet versus Ryan Smile. And those two matches were just, they were so good. Yeah, like the amount of kind of career defining moments, I mean... There's one Jordan Devlin that I think we have to talk about. And he spent the latter half of 2016, early 2017, being a big heel in in Paul Tracy's stable, the social elite. But he came up against one moose. (laughs) Moose. Moose. And um, everyone when that match was announced, they're like, moose, like, okay bit weird but it ended up being a ridiculously good match and Jordan jumped off the stage in the Tivoli 
to the ring. And from that moment on, I was like, nope, that's it. Jordan's our man. Yeah. And we will follow Jordan until he reaches the <laughs> pinnacle. And then we have um, Finn Balor showing up at one point. I didn't think it was going to happen. I like I heard rumblings about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Then when the music, I was like, oh, my God, it was sick. Because they did like the countdown. I'm like, why are they doing a countdown? Like, yeah. this is a bit weird. They've never done this before. Yeah. And then, like, the start of his music played. And I don't know about other people, but it didn't really register with me until like it was way too late. Um, and <laughs> I was kind of like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> For the time, it was incredible. And it was so sick. It was so amazing. Like, and it was just such a feeling i don't think it would be anywhere near that if it happened again it'd just be like all right yeah it'd be cool like but at the time in that moment and in that time where things like that just did not happen because it was yeah it was before any wwe uk tournament it was before any of these contracts it was before we knew the lay of the land as it is today and yeah and his me- message at the time seemed really sweet. If you look back on it now and listen to his message, now he's a bit eye-rolly, but at the time it was so good. It's like Irish wrestling has to be in it together, which they're clearly not right now. <laughs> and WWE, like, they all want to be in together, which I think we're going to see more of why that's not the case soon. But at the, at the time, it was, the Tivoli was the coolest place on earth to be right that moment. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, if you look back at that clip, everyone's like everyone's going nuts. Yeah. And like that show itself, like that was a really like that had Osprey Ricochet on it. But yeah. no one actually really talks about that match because everyone's just like, no, that was the show that Finn showed up on. <laughs> that match was incredible though. Wasn't that like photo one of the matches of the year from like loads of people? Yeah, people said it was better than their best of the Super Juniors match and stuff. So, yeah. but no one, but there were so many of them, but there was only one time that Finn Balor showed up in the Tivoli. That was definitely just peak OTT when they had like all the top US stars coming in and all the top European guys. And uh, it's a lot more homegrown guys now, and it, that's great to see too. But it's definitely cooled off as in terms of star power on the shows, I think. Well, for the tip for the last utility shows anyway. But that's just because the star power on the independent scene has dwindled off a bit. Yeah, like they always bring in the big guns when they're in other venues, but yeah. I think it was 2016 saw a string of sellouts for the Tivity as well. Yeah. I mean, like you couldn't get rock up and get a ticket on the day for I think it was like May, June, July, August. There was um, a good half a year there for sure that you just it would sell out. Yeah, and like that was crazy. Like they weren't doing that when they were perceived to be at their peak in 2017. Yeah, that that is true. That's a good point. I don't think anything has sold out in a long time. A combination of maybe shows being very frequent and prices going up and. I don't know. I think there's like, yeah, there's a lot of different factors. Yeah. 
We're but, spoiled. We're spoiled. There's some people I see on them on Twitter. They're Irish wrestling fans, and they are absolutely spoiled. They don't know about the dark days. <laughs> you know. I definitely like. I always have to hold myself back and like stop complaining about things. Yeah. Like I, I get jealous sometimes of shows I see in the UK, and I'm like, Sarah, you've seen Minoru Suzuki like three times in yeah. 2018. Yeah. Like I think you need funny. to calm down. <laughs> Yeah, we have listeners here from like America who might be like lucky to get to like one independent show a year. That's somewhat decent, and people in other countries too. We don't kind of sometimes we don't realize how lucky we have it here. The fact that OTT is seen as one of the best promotions in the world, and we don't really have like you especially don't have to travel to go to any of the shows. <laughs> like I barely have to travel. Um, yeah, and even then, people like people are like, Wow, two hours from my house, that's so close! <laughs> and we're like, Oh, Belfast, <laughs> two hours. There's a lot of speculation on whether Walter versus Pac is going to happen, a lot of joking on Twitter about it, but. I like to think it is just joking and it's people having a bit of a oh kind of kind of a joke and a laugh about it rather than I think people could take another approach to it and be very bitter about it and very angry about it and I haven't seen anyone like that like my take on it is if anyone can make a spicy deal that spicy it's going to be Joe Cray and I don't put it past him being able to get that match to work but at the same time personally I don't think it's going to happen but I'm not going to be shitty about it. I might have a bit of a laugh about it, but like I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, you shouldn't be advertising if you don't know if it can happen or I want my money back or any of that kind of shit. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be like that and I hope they're not. Like, the most I do is post a tweet and try to get a few numbers on it. But deep down, like, if it doesn't happen, I understand why it's not happening and I know that it's completely out of his hands yeah. because a lot of these people you don't know what their contract is like. So WWE might be like, hey, we need Walter to go and do this photo shoot today. So sorry, he can't go and do your do this matchup pack in case he gets hurt and looks awful for his photo shoot. <laughs> you know, like you never know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be what it'll be and it'll be a fun show regardless and... And now I'm looking forward to it. I just think it's funny the idea of Inga's coming out and saying housekeeping and <laughs> Curtis Murray against Pat Murray will take on Walter. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I was so upset in Belfast when he did it. When he came out, and he was like, "Just some housekeeping to take care of." And he said that Ilya would not be facing David Starr again. The reason outside their control, David Starr was injured. He actually was good enough to. Show sure. all his bookings, even though he he was injured, and they have to change the match. Like, when have we ever let you down before? It's going to be India versus Damien Corvin. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, it ended up being all right at the end. It was okay, and I'm like, oh, India lost. I'm like, I can, yeah, I'm losing to David Starr because you know David needs to be strong, and yeah, yeah I suppose Corvin's tag champ. But I was like, no, it's Ilya. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Well, no matter what happens, we'll always have Walter shouting, come on, that Devlin in the Tivoli that kickstarted everything. 
Yes, that was, again, one of the best moments in the Tivoli history. All he said was, come on! And it was just, it popped me so hard. I was like, this is just amazing. It's like, that's it now. That's feud of the year. <laughs> Hadn't even touched each other at that point. And it was feud of the year. Any other Tivoli moments to mention before we wrap up? I know I've gone off in loads of segues here, so kind of. I love a segue. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I'm just going to reel off a few of them that aren't like massive moments, but um, Bullet Club getting announced for the Scrapper Mania 3, especially Kenny Omega, that was a huge announcement and it's kind of like the first of its kind in OTT that really made people go ballistic, um, especially myself. Kenny Omega was a huge one. The five-man tag match, British Strong Style against... Angel Cruz, Be Cool, and Tyler Bate. <laughs> yes. Um, a match that no one outside of the OTT bubble understands. <laughs> but we love it so much because it was so ridiculous. And a match like that will never happen again. Um, Pete Dunne's surprise appearance just gone there in June to Can You Fill My Heart um, was was massive and I think the most recent one and I and our last memory in the Tivity was Raven Creed winning the women's title. That was so good. Like if that's the way we're gonna end the Tivity chapter, then at least we're getting, you know, a happy ending. It's a happy ending and it's like it feels very end of two thousand eighteen coming into two thousand nineteen and just how bigger and how much better the women's wrestling scene is and just the reception that she got and just it just really feels like that was her time and it's yeah it's um I'll definitely miss the Tivity it wasn't my favorite overall venue um if I take away all the kind of lovey-dovey feelings I have it's probably not Mm -hmm. um but will I always cherish the memories I have there and can kind of consider it OTT's home of course but like we say we love the Tivoli but there's so much more um, yeah I'll definitely always have those fond memories and I don't think it will ever be replaced in terms of you know affection that the Irish crowd have for a venue yeah like you could say the affection is misplaced in some ways it was great but it was great for the hardcores, the people who knew it, the people who knew what to do to book their seats early. Once you had a seat, you were fine. You show up on the day. I'm sure there's plenty of people cursing the Tivoli. I know myself once I went, um, it was the Too Cool show in, I think, the first June one that they went. They had, so it would have probably been June 2015. And I went in late with a standing ticket and I could not see Jack and... I know there's plenty of other people that went in and had similar experiences and just didn't like the Tivoli. Um, towards the end, the drink was a bit overpriced. The bathrooms were always horrendous. But for us, for the people who went, every month it was just, I don't know, it was really homely or something. It was horrible, but like as I said at the beginning, it was a shithole, but it was our shithole. It was our shithole. We also had some shit moments, like... You know, there are some awful, awful matches. Oh, and, awful and, stuff happened to Tivoli. Bull, bull Dempsey. Um, 
Twice. Twice. <laughs> Sabu. You weren't there for the Sabu show. Oh my god. Oh no. It was a botchamania highlight reel, but it was it was funny, but in a really bad I'm going to hell kind of funny way. I'm glad I missed that. And but I'm also like, oh, I do love a bit of, you know, oh no, cringe. Curtis Murray absolutely splitting himself open in that um wrestle pops match i'll never forget it. i thought i was gonna be sick i'm quite squeamish as it is i literally at one stage was screaming stay down <laughs> oh no but he, what, do you remember he kicked out and we're like what are you doing kicking out man yeah i think that's when i screamed stay down for fuck's sake because your head is just pissing blood oh god just other shitty moments i just eradicated my the extreme oh, yeah. extreme super show two is definitely a low point. Um, I didn't go with that one. Oh, you're lucky. It had Tommy Dreamer being really sour on it about everything. Oh, he was going to have hardcore homecoming in Dublin, wasn't he? And everyone was like, but everyone was, was like, please come back, please come <laughs> back. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no ferrets in that crowd at the end of the day. It's like, you know, I was like, no, I don't want him again. And then it was Joey Ryan against Martina and. No, like, I never want to see that again. Like, it wasn't even a wrestling match. And I'm not even the lowest person about Joey Ryan. Like, I understand that, you know, people have never seen it before. Like, it's the shock value. And, you know, he's making a lot of money from it, it seems. Mm -hmm. But by God, it never, it just felt like it went on for about 40 minutes. That was a low point. It had a great main event, though, with Pete Dunne, Marty, and... Fabian Eichner. Yeah. But, so at least there was some high points on it, but yeah. Yeah, some of the, the early OTT matches were absolutely no good. I particularly remember one um, that was Tucker versus Sean Guinness, which doesn't sound bad today, but God, it was really, really bad. Um, other low points, there was a really fucking weird angle with the Body Bros and Martina once as well. That made no sense. And then oh, girls again. Yeah, that was Gaff Party Two, I think. Yeah, that was really uncomfortable for most people. It was like this is. They basically brought her out and humiliated her, and it made no sense and went nowhere. Yeah, there's been some kind of horrible moments like that in OTT. That's kind of reminiscent of the crappy stuff from like the Attitude Era. Yeah, that you just don't want in your wrestling anymore. It's like I think we've all grown up from this now. Um, there's no need to be shaming women. Yeah, it's like <laughs> over 18s means you have an adult audience, not like you're trying to be cool to like teenagers saying, "Oh wow, it's over 18s." It's like early South Park attitude era nonsense. It's like you actually have a crowd base who are in their twenties and thirties who are pretty normal people. I <laughs> kind of remember that. Hopefully, those days are behind us now. I think OTT is definitely on the right track and making the right moves and nurturing homegrown talent and giving them opportunities, which is really nice to see. Um, definitely a big shift, uh, big shift towards the Irish talent, and there's so much of it. Like, and there's so many great guys coming through, and it, it is really good to see like how over the more than hype guys are and. Debbie Keitel and Raven Creed and Valkyrie, like it, no, it's really, really good to see that all these young people coming through crew right now. And even some of the older guys like Bonesaw, like getting the main event kind of push and stuff. Yeah, and then like Max are coming home and 
him being on nearly every show and he's so much better now yeah like when I first saw him I didn't think much of him but now I'm like such a solid hand and you know even OTT should be lauded for booking the likes of Charlie Sterling who I think is one of the most underrated talents in in this region I don't understand why he doesn't get booked more but I think he's outstanding yeah he's brilliant he's had some serious highlights in the Tivoli as well and I don't see them him anywhere else. No, I like he. I think he's working camps. Like I don't think he's on any sort of notable indie anymore. Yeah, it's it's strange. Two things as the changing points for OTT. You can pick either or, but I've said it on the show before. The Christmas 2015 show, I believe it was, where I was still in my boot. Yeah, I was still in my boot, so I had to move <laughs> a little bit longer. And I remember the music cutting out. Um, they they were playing some Christmas music. I reckon it was probably November, and it was Christmas show, and the music cut out, and the crowd sang along, and kind of overtook the the crappy music and sound system that had just completely shit out. And the crowd sang the song, and all the wrestlers in the ring, the session mod, the wards, the lads to the flats, and that just really felt like the first time the OTT crowd really kind of came together, and it kind of felt a bit special. I mean, I could have been very drunk at the same time. Um, but that that moment was really I just felt that was really special and also the massive oversell sell out slash oversell out which was the at Ted show where they had the three guys from Patter Ted come in and Will Ospreay for the first time that was definitely a show where it felt huge they they put too many people in the building that night I heard so much about that show before I I'd never gone. And like I'm pretty sure like my cousin was at that show and like she's not a wrestling fan and she was kind of telling me all about it at like a family gathering, being like, Why aren't you going to these shows? Like, look at this. Yeah. I was like I was like, Holy mother of God, like this is going on, like in Ireland. Um It got loads of mainstream media coverage as well. That was definitely the biggest show that happened in the Tivoli at in terms of numbers of, of the crowd. Probably a good thing they didn't do it again because that place was warm on the coldest of nights. <laughs> um, but, and I definitely won't miss the odour of the Tivoli. Um, oh. God, during summer 2018, that place was miserable. <laughs> the heat, ugh. Oh. But yeah, that's the Tivoli. Rest in peace, big yeah. man. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tivoli. But we love the Tivoli. We really do. We do, we do. We're sorry for any negative things we've said. We're not. But, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, Sarah, do you have any last notes? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm done. I think I'm done too. guess we talk to you guys after Back to the Roots and Contenders. Yes, and we'll probably have some more updates about the bowling then. Who knows? Hopefully. If you're interested in me and responsible adults, send us your CV. Yes, we want references as well, please. <laughs> um, and also tell us like, you know, an interesting tidbit on why you should be a responsible adult. I mean, give us who your favorite wrestler is, and then I think we can probably judge you from that. A prefect. Prefect. Maybe we should get badges made. <laughs> yes. Prefect badges. Pretty sure you could probably buy a batch of prefect badges for really cheap somewhere on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'll look into it. 
Um, but bye for now. Thanks for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed our memories of the Tivoli and the last few shows we were at. Um, you can follow follow us on Twitter at the two Sarahs. Yeah, maybe buy that uh, ebook, the New Japan Year in Review, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, the wrestling. Yeah. I wrote I wrote something in it. I actually was productive for once, and wrote a piece about Trent Barretta. So check it out. What a copy! I support my friends, and I had a quick flick through through it on the ferry over to England. I haven't made much of a dent in it yet, um, but I have it on my Kindle, and it's very nice to read and flick through on, on that. Um, yeah, give it a download. I think it's five dollars ninety nine, and it the money goes towards the site, I believe. Yeah, and all the contributors. So, um, yeah, that's really it, really. Yeah, check out the other podcasts on Voices of the Wrestling. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I never know how to end podcasts. Ian, sing us away. Now the show is over and we still haven't met Rover. Time to get some rest and recharge. But join us next time, won't you? And we'll discuss all those big issues like Jesus. Waller's hands are so damn large Making friends and making times And wrestling round the world